Wow, oh wow, wow, wow. Finally. It worked after 45 wow. minutes. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Manchester is Purple. We had quite the time trying to get on to this uh, cast today, huh? Oh, man. I don't know what the heck that was. I hope Spotify was an issue and you and I just aren't idiots. <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. Since we've talked, when was the last time we did an episode? I think it was two weeks ago. I think the, the tough part, though, is even though two weeks doesn't seem like a long time, we've had four matches each in that two-week time span. Tons of uh, games. Every three yes. days. Let's go. I know. Holiday season. I think I just saw an ad on NBC Sports. 40 matches in the Premier League in the next 17 days. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. I like it. I like Very it. Very exciting. Very exciting. Same stuff. All right. Uh, well, you want to do City first? Well, I think, yeah. Let's go through these, uh, you know, kind of quick. We've we got a bunch of games to go through. So we'll go through these kind of quick. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you want, if you want to chip in anything, go ahead and throw it in there, my man. But but first yeah. of all, I'm going to say, uh, so we were playing um, – we were playing Aston Villa. It was uh, December 1st. So that was what, about nine days ago, 10 days ago now. I don't even know what yep. today's date is. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. city. Yeah. City. We, uh, we had a nice win. We won two to one. Uh, it was uh, coming home time for Jackie Grealish did not mm-hmm. start. He was on the bench. He came in a little, little later in the game and had an opportunity. Didn't do anything with it, but um, it was return. It was a good win. Two to one. I guess we can talk about uh, the, the biggest thing would be the Bernardo volley, which I don't think, yeah. I don't think anybody missed. I mean, wow. Incredible. With a left. Dude, what a drop in from, from Jesus and uh, just, wow. What a kick. Unbelievable yep. off the left foot. And uh, that, so that was the second goal actually. And that was out after a really nice Ruben goal from outside the box. So two really good goals from the Portuguese players. Um, it was a good game overall. Um, Tough place but, to play on yeah, the road too. Yeah. Oh, and, and that, the biggest thing about that was that, that Bernardo goal. Sorry, I didn't get into that was that Mares was totally trapped in our own end before it even happened. And somehow like, like a little magician, I don't know how he did it. He squirmed out of there, squirted the ball out and it fell to, I think Rodrew passed it on, but it was really cool how that play got uh, passed up all, all the way from Mares in his own box. So that was a, that was a good one. And um, came from nothing. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so a couple goals, Ollie Watkins had a goal that uh, gave, Villa chance and Villa did play a little bit better uh, in the second half and, and they did apply some pressure. Ederson had a really big save uh, towards the end, I think in the, uh, the last five minutes and uh, really saved us and, you know, probably saved a point right there with that save. But um, it was a little bit of a different defensive setup for that game. We had uh, Nathan Ake in and, and Zinni were in. So, and then it also Fernando Andino was in and uh, then we also had Bernardo and Rodri. So it was a little bit of a different uh, setup defensively for us in there. So we've been talking about how it's been really smooth when it's been Cancelo and, yeah. um, and Bernardo and Rodri in the middle. And we didn't have that exact setup. So it was a little bit different, which is kind of also a little theme kind of going through the next couple games too. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really big goal for, for Bernardo. Just beautiful, really nice. Uh, I think that's the big takeaway from that. We, we, we played a really good game, 17 shots, seven on seven on target, 64% possession and 89% pass accuracy. So really we, uh, we took the piss out of Villa for most of the day or that day. Uh, they had a good, good stretch towards the end, but city taking the three points easy right there. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, on from there, 
uh, a, a pretty easy, straightforward away win at Watford, three one two. Yeah, so that was a couple. That was three days later, actually. That was December fourth, and that was a three one win. Sterling coming in with the goal, and then Bernardo also with a couple more goals, and we can talk about the uh, another amazing goal from Bernardo who cut in on his left and was uh, just, you know, the confidence in the kit and the guy is just amazing right now on his left foot. He can do anything with it right now. He's, he's probably playing the best in the league right now at this point, especially after that weekend. Um, so that was really big. Gosh, where did I get? Okay. So Foden had an assist for the Sterling goal, uh, which is big. We had our front three was uh, Grealish, Foden and Sterling. So I've been really keeping track in the game before that, at uh, Villa, it was Mares, Jesus, and Sterling, Jesus and Sterling, and then at the Watford game, it was Grealish and Foden and Sterling. So, and also Sterling was obviously in today, which we'll talk about later on. But Sterling's been in the goals, so uh, that's been big. Sterling and Bernardo both have been in the goals, so yes. uh, really good. And that game was big because uh, Chelsea, I believe, had drawn or lost the game before that, so we went ahead on points. So that was our first day going ahead in the table is December 4th. So I think that can be marked on the calendar right there is hopefully the day that we don't relinquish the, uh, relinquish it anymore. So that was big, but we had 26 shots on target that, uh, or 26 shots, 13 on target, 78% passer, uh, a possession, sorry. And 91% pass accuracy. Um, Watford again, were good at the end. So it's kind of been like, you know, city have, have had to add some dominant games, before that, the last three of four were like, I think, 3-1 wins and 4-1 wins kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last couple games were a little bit tighter. Like uh, like City gave up a, a goal in the 74th against Watford. And, uh, you know, they just made it a little tougher on themselves. And I think I think, um, I think think uh, Ederson also had another good couple good saves in the Watford towards the end. So we've been kind of defending a little bit more towards the end of the games. And we have given up a couple second-half goals, which is a little bit of a problem. But, again, um, we took the three points, so we're you're just cruising. That's all right that matters. That's yeah, right. exactly. Yep. So we'll get through that one quick. But again, I think uh, just got to talk about you know Bernardo. Wow. Again, just uh, he was I think our player of the month for November and really big start uh, player of the month for December too. So see what happens there. Very nice. I know both him. You mentioned him and Sterling, two guys who were kind of written off at the beginning of the season. Um, and Bernardo looking to leave and, and yeah, especially and, Bernardo and, big resurgence. Yeah. And he's been an incredible box to box midfielder, but it's also pretty interesting how obviously, you know, we paid a hundred mil for, uh, for just super Jackie. And mm-hmm. now, you know, he got a really good run of games at the beginning. He got what, like eight or nine games at least he did. and yep. was not really producing much. He had that one goal towards the beginning, I think in his first game or second game, he had the one goal. And then he might have had a Champions League goal as well, too, I think, in there. But he really hasn't done much. And Sterling has come on and really taken his opportunities. So it's going to be interesting to see how much, you know, chatter there's been, obviously, about Sterling's contract and everything. Will he leave now that he's getting more game time? Um, will that kind of change a little bit? Will uh, Will Pep stick with Jackie in the lineup and give him more games? So kind of interesting to see them fight. And maybe it's exactly what Sterling needed to prompt him on, you know, to kind of do better. And maybe that's, you know, stroke of mass, a master stroke from Pep. So we'll see what happens with that contract situation, but just kind of interesting that, you know, it's kind of Jackie has kind of lost his place a little bit and Sterling is definitely a little bit more in favor right now. 
Yeah, and speaking of Jackie, he actually started up front in uh, their their dead rubber against Leipzig in the Champions League midweek, um, which was a 2-1 loss with Walker getting sent off in the 85th. Yeah, so, um, yeah, he was up front again with uh, with Mares and Foden. So, yep. um, okay, a couple notes from that game. So, it was a closed stadium, really weird atmosphere, like we were back in COVID again. Yeah, sounds um, yeah, really weird listening to everybody shouting out and everything like that, which, you know, just makes it so weird. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just – we had a bunch of chances. Uh, De Bruyne and Foden with both closed. Foden hit the post. We had chances and just didn't do do much with the ball. I was thinking that Pep was going to go with a younger lineup, probably start Cole Palmer or even McAtee. But he went with kind of – um you know, a pretty not standard lineup because it was KDB and Fernandinho in there, but, um, but it was a st- still a really strong team and Kevin De Bruyne is looking back to his best, but he had a couple stops, uh, a couple shots really stopped really well. Um, and then obviously we were kind of getting our groove back and Mara scored, but then we had the red card dumb play by Walker, um, just kicked out of the back of the boot gets the red card and there you go. You can't fight back after that. So, Yep. But it, it, with it being the dead rubber, it was kind of surprising that we didn't get more youth in there. But I guess he did want to get minutes to Fernandinho and uh, KDB, which makes sense. And then I guess he probably wanted to see, you know, give Foden some minutes too, even though he's coming back kind of from his injury. So I'm just kind of surprised that they didn't play the younger guys. Um, but again, it was a dead rubber. We're 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 over that, and we got onto our win today. So that didn't really matter that much. We had already secured the group. We will have a pretty easy uh, a round of sixteen matchup. Shouldn't be too hard. It looks like Atletico is maybe the toughest team in there, and they're not you know too good right now. So we'll see what happens with that. And that's also we won't play that leg until what February anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think February. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So obviously. I think that snapped. I think we had a seven game winning streak going into that and that snapped, but whatever dead rubber, um, just to get some time, but I guess we were on to uh Saturday, you know? Yeah, exactly. And speaking of Saturday, eked out a one, no win over wolves today. What'd you think of that one? Yeah. So I guess we'll go all through that. Um, so city were pretty dominant again, I would say, I mean, we had 71% possession in there. We were looking good. We had a bunch of, op- bunch of opportunities, but we had a couple opportunities in the first half. Um, Sterling was looking more useful. Um, I obviously the big moment came in the, uh, in the red card for Jimenez who just lost his absolute yeah. mind. So what two were your yellows, thoughts on that, my man? Two, two yellows in 48 seconds. He went as the, as they say in Mexico, a little bit loco. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened there with him cause he's usually pretty calm, but yeah, two yellows in the span of 48 seconds, especially in second half or first half stoppage time too. He definitely did yeah. himself for his team any favors. I will say though, my two takeaways were were the red card there for Jimenez, but you know, I expected City to go on and score like three or four goals in the second half. And City got pretty lucky with that penalty call because it was I could see why they gave it, but it did look like that ball hit Muntino on the chest first. Yeah, it, arm, I think it did look like it hit him in the side and then bounced up kind of and hit his arm after it hit its side. So yes. yeah, I think City got lucky, and I think that's just kind of those kind of shitty ones that. 
City actually are on the on the lucky side of something for once, you know, a call yeah. not going against them. So they needed um, that too because the only other real big chance they had was Jackie Grealish missing that wide open net. Yeah, yeah that that was another part of what I'm what I was going to get onto. Jackie has been getting more chances now. He was benched for a couple days. He ha- or a couple games. He has gotten more chances now, but he has not produced when he's been on. He's had a lot of opportunities. And the other in the in the recent games too that we talked about that I just went over that he had opportunities and did not put the ball in the back of the net. So that was another reason I was thinking, you know, Sterling is gonna, you know, possibly take over that spot right there. But yeah, he did have a really uh really good chance and he probably should have buried it. He should have. I mean, I know his left foot it was a little bit awkward, but it was I forgot who crossed it. I don't know if it was Sterling or Mars or someone else, but it was a nice cross and kind of on a on a dinner plate for him. It was a little yeah. tricky though. Left footed. I can see why it, it went a little bit over. So yeah, but you just one. need to, you need to, you just need to cushion that in. You don't even need any power on that. So no. it's a, yeah. kind of unforgivable. So, I mean, yeah. And, and again, we were defending at the end. Um, wolves were attacking a little bit towards the end. And uh, it was funny enough when Adama Traore had come off in the game, but, Every time we had stopped the flow, basically, we didn't really face too much pressure in the first half. We stopped the flow. It seemed like every time he was the outlet man and we would just foul him. So, um, you know, we didn't face much pressure, but it was one of those games where we're getting some opportunities and it's not like we couldn't break them down and get into positions, but we just weren't getting the ball in the back of the net. Like, uh, as a few games ago, like palace kind of like that palace game where we just can't put the ball in the net. So, um, you know, we'll take the lucky win. And that's another feature of, of a good team is a gritty win. Uh, yeah. Even though you can't put the ball in the net for most of the time, you get that penalty in the second half, you put it in, you can't score any more goals, but a gritty win nonetheless. And those are the types of wins that, you know, title title teams are going to get during the season at certain points. You can have a rough day and try and put the ball in the back and that doesn't work out for you but get a little bit of luckiness and that's football sometimes. Yeah. Hey, that's how titles are won some years too. Three points is three points. Yep. So not going to complain. So city are top of the table right now after those three premier league games, nine out of nine. Um, Good stuff right there. Good stuff. Yep. One point ahead of Liverpool, two points ahead of Chelsea. Chelsea barely got a win over, over Leeds today. One thing that I want to get your thought on, before we move on to United though, is, you know, city have had a, I don't want to say an easy stretch, but a, a mild stretch in terms of opposition um, in the last couple of weeks, but they have one of the more challenging um, holiday run-ins here too, because their next matches in December and early January in the Prem are home to Leeds at Newcastle, but then they have, Home against Leicester City on Boxing Day, day after Christmas. Leicester City always give City a, a, a tough time at the Etihad for some reason. Then they go to Brentford, to Arsenal, and then host Chelsea in the span of 10 days. So what do you think of that stretch, one? And two, is an aside, do you think that they're going to make any moves in January? All right, so I would first of all say none of those games really – scare me honestly um even chelsea i'm not very intimidated by i think our squad is you know give us the possession and uh we will take our opportunities most days obviously we didn't today we only had that one goal but i think most days we will and i think you got to feel confident going into this run of games that 
We're going to take as many points as possible. And again, maybe Lester gives us fits, but Lester is in a bad spot right now. Um, they got knocked out of the Europa League by yeah. I don't God knows who. Uh, they're the, they're 11th in the Premier League table, too. Yeah, so so even that right now, I mean, obviously that's still like three weeks away, but um, that that could be definitely a different case scenario with the confidence, confidence of that team coming in. So, no, I don't really feel that there's much of a challenge to look at in those next nine games. Obviously, you don't want to drop points to any of them, but um, – we should, for the most part, be fine and going confident every single game, maybe the Chelsea game. But, again, we handled Chelsea 1-0 already. I think it shouldn't be an issue to go in there. Or if maybe that's even at the eighth yard, I can't remember. But yeah. it shouldn't be an issue to go in there and win that game. No, yeah, and you're right. That is home. The The away matches are just at Arsenal. Correct. And at, at Correct. Madrid, and, and, yeah, I mean – City should win. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even really worried about Arsenal. I mean, I know they are playing better, and I do think – are they fourth in the table now? No, no. Uh, United are up to f- – uh, yeah, they're sixth. They're a point behind United. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, because I haven't even looked at the table today. But um, I didn't even watch the United game. So um, – You didn't miss much. <laughs> that's what I heard. That's what you were telling me. So, anyway, uh, so, yeah, so top of the table, I, I feel confident in those games. As far as your second question, will we be dipping into the market? It That's a tough one to say. It, I don't think we're going to weaken the squad. Obviously, we can talk about the whole Ferran Torres thing. We're going to be – no matter what, he's going to be gone. Will it be in the wintertime or will it be in the summer? Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know on that one. Uh, would it make sense to just get rid of him now and take the money and put that into the war chest? Then probably, yeah, just do that. Take, you know, I think $50 million was floated or 45 million uh, euros, something like that. So um, I think you just, you just said you, they need to offload before they bring him in because they can't afford to even sign anybody right now. So it'll probably depend on whether or not they can move people out. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And you don't know they could work in the loan with a permanent move at the end, or or who knows yeah. how they'll they'll work that paperwork out. But there are ways and tricks uh, in the accounting to do that. Even though, yes, Barcelona do need to offload some people first. But um, outside of that, I don't think we'll be bringing in um, a striker. I don't. There's been a lot of talk about uh, Vlajevic, or I think that's how you say it. Yeah, from, from uh, Fiorentina. Uh, yeah, from Fiorentina. Yep, exactly. So a lot of chatter about him, and I haven't watched any tape or any video of him on YouTube or anything like that, so I don't know. Obviously, we're both shooting for Mr. Erling Holland. We hope yeah. to get him, and it looks like that will be the summer saga. But outside of that, I don't see uh, what else. We saw, there are all rumblings that Zinni may get um, may get a loan move in the premier league, but I don't see that happening and I don't see us bring anybody in. I think see it being pretty quiet um, because I, I think we should be okay going into that stretch. I'd be more worried if I was Chelsea or Liverpool. Yeah, I think so too. And you're right. I think, you know, especially with Mendy out and in Cancelo, the only real left back or person Correct. Who can play left back. I don't think they can afford to let Zinchenko go, but yeah, you know, Hey, there's a, there's a pretty big, you know, run a games going into the holiday period. Like we talked about, if somebody goes down with an injury that might change people's minds, but as things stand, if everybody's healthy, I don't exactly. think they need to make a move. Yep. But I'd say I really like uh, the rotation from Pep has been pretty good over the last few games. And that's why he has 
there maybe hasn't been some continuity. I know it was Bernardo and Rodri and, and Gundogan for, for a whole bunch of games together, and they played really well, and it has been switched up. KDB has in, been introduced a little bit more. Fernandinho has played a couple more games, so it has kind of messed with the chemistry a little bit, but, hey, we're still taking wins from those games. So um, I, I just – I like the rotation. He's been rotating up front, and he's been rotating the midfield a little bit more now. So I think our team will be pretty fresh growing going into this period, and I, I do think, you know, there's not a lot to worry about. I do think Kevin De Bruyne is going to play really strong over the next 10 games and really try and cement his place back into the midfield. Although it's been tough because Gunduan, Bernardo, and Rodri have been such a good combination. Yes, yes. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Any, hey, uh, man, will you turn your mic up a little bit? Is that possible? Uh, how about now? No, nah, didn't work. Okay, well, we'll just keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on City? Oh, geez. Um, no, I, I think that's that's pretty pretty much it. Now the real question again is it's, we're going to see this long debate coming in where what is going to happen with Sterling. Is he going to get more games? Will he score more goals? I think that was his 100th uh, Premier League goal today, if I'm not mistaken. So, it was, um, yes. And it was also Ederson's 100th uh, clean sheet as well. So um, I think – It'll be really interesting to see the game time that he gets and Grealish gets over the next bunch of games. And if either of them get a, a full slate, like five or six games in a row, which Sterling absolutely could get. But you're going to have to rotate in Foden. You're going to have to rotate in uh, Jesus. You're going to have to f- rotate. So, uh, we will see which, which winger steps up and, and does the best up front right there. Time will tell. All right, should we uh, switch it over to Manchester United? Yes, yes. Okay, um, let's go through those games. All right, so I've got a lot of notes, that, and I'll save some of them for, you know, between games here, and then I'll, I'll save a few for uh, open play after we go through our picks. But I guess first off, um, United played Arsenal at home. It was Michael Carrick's last match in charge before Ragnick took over. Ragnick was going to take over a little bit earlier and should have been in charge for that game, but um, he needed some more time on his work visa because he actually hasn't managed in the last five years, and the Brexit rules for visas are a little bit more strict now, so it took a little bit longer. But, um, but, you know, it was your typical, you know, not as of late, but I I guess in the old days, typical open – open match uh, where United were able to eat that one out three, two due to a Ronaldo penalty at the end. Um, one of the things that struck out to me the most was um, I believe, and let me double check. I think that this was the first match that, uh, yeah, um, that Dallow played at right back and and I'll talk a little bit more about it as we go, but he's been outstanding in the last few matches, he's getting some game time, not only because uh, Juan Basak has been terrible this season, but he's, he's hurt. He has a wrist injury and a thigh injury right now. So um, that was his first match. He actually had a really nice assist. Obviously, you know, Juan Basaka's strength is, uh, you know, back on D, especially one-on-one defending, but Dallow's really good going forward. He hasn't impressed at United though. He was out, on loan at AC Milan last year, he, he did pretty well. He can play on the left or the right, but his his natural position's right back. 
but he did great. I, you know, one of the things that stuck out was Ronaldo's uh, first goal came off a pass from Rashford, but Rashford was found on the right wing by Dallow after he made a nice tackle, and then he found Rashford with a uh, a left foot, a weak foot open, uh, a weak foot pass downfield, which was fantastic. Um, but a three-two win, um, and after the match, it came out that Carrick was leaving the club, which was a surprise to everybody because he was supposed to stay and be Ragnit's assistant. And um, he decided to leave instead. Um, he mentioned in, uh, I guess you could call it one of his exit interviews, that um, he had uh, some loyalty to Ole and that, that played a little bit of a factor in his choice to leave the club too. Yeah. So, so – uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very surprised. The uh, rest of the uh, backroom staff is still there, but he's gone. It's it's really surprising that he had the opportunity to uh, learn from Ragnick and did not take that opportunity. Very surprised about that. Um, I can understand maybe a little bit of loyalty to Ole, but I don't think Ole would have been offended in the least um, if Carrick had stayed on. So I'm yeah. kind of puzzled by that a little bit too. It would kind of be like how, um, you know, remember Ryan Giggs was David Moyes' assistant, and then he got the interim job for a few games at the end of that season that Moyes got fired, and then he stayed on, and he was Van Gaal's assistant. So it's not like yeah. he wanted to leave because he had some loyalty to Moyes. Yeah. So, you know, you make a little, di- little bit different. A little bit little different, bit. obviously. A little bit. Ole, Ole being a teammate and everything like that, but yeah. Yes, very true, very true. But – um. After that, you know, that started a, a what's now a three-match winning streak in the Premier League after a, a horrible run with the losses to, to City and Liverpool and then Watford as well. But um, Palace probably, you know, it was only one no win, but it was probably the best United match I've seen since uh, Fergie left. It was United on the front foot the entire time, quick passes forward, very few back passes or lateral passes, closing people down. <laughs> Ragna came in and, and he's playing with a 4-2-2-2. So two strikers up front, two tens that kind of have free room, one on each side, two holding midfielders, which have been McFred. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Dallow played really well again. Tellus did pretty well uh, on the left-hand side too. Um so it was a really good it was a really good win that got a little bit lucky. Um, Fred actually won it with a right foot shot outside the box. Fred. Um, fun fact: Fred has two Premier League goals, and Harry Kane has one. So Fred is <laughs> Harry Kane. That's so unbelievable far, uh, this year. Um, sounds like you're erasing something. Are you erasing something? No, sorry, I was rubbing my pen on the uh, phone. Uh, bad. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Um, so, you know, uh, the other stat there too, was United had the most possession in the opposite opposition half of any match since Fergie left, which is pretty crazy to think that in the past, what, seven, eight years that he's been gone. That was the first match since he left where we had the most time in possession in the opposition half. So I, I feel like Ragnar that's a big change. In. It was huge. It was huge. He came in. He he's made a big impact so far. The young boys won. You know that was a one-one draw. It was similar to City's game against Salzburg. It was a dead rubber. You know United already won their group, so it was a chance for Ragnar to change things, get some of the B team in. He changed all eleven positions. Henderson started in goal. Even you know De Gea had the night off too. 
uh, Greenwood had a nice goal volley off across in the eighth minute. And then, uh, you know, they probably should have won the match that the goal from young boys was, uh, was an off mistake between Vidic, sorry, Vidic, Matic, <laughs> I wish Matic and, uh, and Van de Beek, uh, playing too many one twos outside their own box and they got caught. So, you know, one, one, it was good to get the, the, the young guys out there. And, uh, today, uh, 1-0-1 at Norwich, which very similar to City's game home against Wolves. It was one of those where, you know, Ronaldo won a penalty. He got hauled down by Max Aarons right back um, for Norwich. Right, in, It was blatant right in front of the goalkeeper. Um, and it was a lucky win, though. You know, I expected after Ragnick changed the whole team for young boys that, you know, people like Ronaldo and Rashford and Fernandez would be off to the races, but they actually looked really tired. Um, I, I wonder if, um, you know, Ragnit's got a, a reputation for a little bit more intense training uh, methods than, than Ole did. And he's demanding that they press. He's, he's asking that they, they basically install a, an eight second clock um, at Carrington because his, his demand is that when you lose possession, you get it back within eight seconds from the other team. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think that those, those training methods, you know, they'll take a little while to kick in, but you know, some of these players played Euro 2020 and they haven't been doing well so far this season. And I wonder if they're a little tired um, Rashford and Bruno today, especially not great. There are a couple of breakaways with Ronaldo where that final pass was just missing. They probably could have had three or four goals. And De Gea was actually man of the match. Um, he had to save United three or four times. He made a few outstanding saves, one off a header from uh, Kabak, uh, a, a Pookie shot that he palmed over, um, and then one off of a free kick going on the near post too. So I think De Gea is back to his his old form, but it was one of those two where, yeah, three points, great, but when your keeper is man of the match, uh, it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. So United have to recover quick. Um, you know, they had the late kickoff today. This is Saturday. They, their next match is 48 hours away already at Brentford, which is always a tough place to play so far this year in the premier league, Brentford. I think, um, if I look at the table right now, Brentford are actually mid table. They're in ninth. Um, yeah. And, and so they were even higher earlier in the year too. They were. Yeah. yeah. And, and they play really well at home. So that's going to be a, a tough match, especially on a quick turnaround after, uh, yeah. after today. Yeah. And I was, um, and I was speaking about it, how city have all of our options and our rotations from pep. You guys don't have quite the same options as, as us. No, I mean, I, I, I think that the obvious, I mean, I don't Cavani and uh, he might come back for Tuesday, but I don't think he's fit to start. So Ronaldo's probably got to play up front again. Um, but I think Rashford, you know, he needs a rest, and so does uh, does Bruno. So I wonder if this is a match for Van de Beek to play instead of Bruno, at least from the start. Maybe Greenwood plays instead of Rashford. You know, Sancho's played the last three, but he came off after sixty minutes today. So maybe Ralph's saving him to start. You know, on Tuesday at Brentford too. So we'll have to see. Um, has those are really Tony Martial changes. got any game time over the last uh, since Ragnick has taken over? Uh, a little bit, um, but I I think that Tony's uh, backed himself into a corner. One of the things that uh, 
I was going to save for open play, but we can talk about it now. Is uh, Tony Tony's agent put in a transfer request? It did. Um, okay. So uh, I don't know how much game time he's going to get between now and January. He's also injured right now still, so um, he didn't even make the bench today. So I, uh, you know, peace out, Tony. Good. Oh, yeah, Sayonara. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that they can get five or ten million for him, and then then, you know, whatever, chuck it up. And then he'll go light it up in the French league or something like that and score 12, 15 goals. Exactly. Exactly. Wouldn't surprise me. So that was a good run for, uh, for United. Um, They play, like I said, at Brentford and then they have a a home match against Brighton. I think I mentioned last time, um, no, no top six opposition until the Manchester Derby, which is not until March 5th. Wow. So the, their toughest opponent in the next three or four months is going to be whoever they draw in the last 16 in the Champions League, which is going to be either PSG, Atletico, Inter, Sporting Lisbon, Benfica, or Salzburg. Hopefully it's one of the, the last three there, not the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I'd love to see a PSG and, and have a Ronaldo versus Messi uh, tie, that would be fantastic. That would but, be um, big, big bucks for the advertisers right there, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the draws is a little bit rigged. But uh, Yeah, I was just going to say that, that doesn't happen until the semifinals, if it, if it even does. Right. So the draw's on Monday. Um, so we'll have, we can talk about that, what the draw looks like next time, but something to look forward to there as well. Um, I'll save the other stuff for open play, but – but honestly, not a bad run. Really excited for what's to come, especially with that run of fixtures we have coming up. It's it's a good time for Ralph to to get his uh, his methods down um, and and really test things out and and see how players work out against lesser opposition, which United have struggled to break down. You know, today included. You know, it's been those teams that Ole struggled against that we've had. You know, 70 possession, but most of the passes are backward or lateral and there's been no real chances. So hopefully Ragnick can instill some tenacity in this group and, and get them to start creating more chances and finishing off some nice moves. Yeah. And we talked about, yeah. And we, and we talked about how, um, you know, obviously you guys are bringing in Ronaldo to save you guys. right? Right. I think he's had four, at least point saving goals during the last five or six games, or maybe not in the fall in the year already. I think he saved seven points for you guys or something like that already. Something yeah. incredible. And I think four either game winning or tying goals. So, um, well, you know, he's been a big signing for you. And until you guys got to get that system going, uh, you guys have been maybe a little bit over relied on Mr. Ronaldo. Uh, he's the only reason we made it to the knockout stages of the Champions League. He won the match at Villarreal. He, he won the home tie against Villarreal. Playing amazing in the Champions League. That's his competition. Yeah. I mean, he had a last-minute goal to to save a point at Atalanta. Um, you know, I think he scored in every single group stage match, um, even a loss to Young Boys. So it's pretty. Crazy but I think he, think. I think even in the Premier League, he's had some some point savers too. He has. I mean, you know, not only the two goals against Arsenal. Um, he, uh, I'm trying to think back. He, he's had a goal, and I think it's a goal in every single match almost so far, except for two, okay. um, which is saying something. So yeah. um, we can move on to picks, but I'm, I'm excited about what's to come. 
and especially with this festive period, I know it's, it's going to be, you know, more matches, less time on the training field, but, um, but you know, it's going to be an opportunity for some of those other players that are spent a lot of time on the bench, like Lingard, Van de Beek, Greenwood, um, et cetera, to, to play a few more matches and, and get some minutes. So we'll see how they do. And if anybody takes their chance to step up, mm-hmm. um, but let's move on to picks because we have, All right, a, picks. we have a few weeks to go through and uh, spoiler alert, but um, I think I've widened my lead. Uh, um, yeah. So let's we go off on week. Uh, we did week 13 last. So that's when I was up 53, 43. So week 14 um, United against Arsenal. I had three one win. You had a one one draw. That was a three two win. So that was a point for me. Villa against City. I had a draw. You had a win. That was a point for you. Um, Everton Liverpool. I had a three one win. You had a four nil win. It was a four one Liverpool win. So we both shared a point there. Watford and Chelsea. Um, I correctly predicted two one Chelsea. You picked one one draw. So that was five for me there. And then okay. Spurs and Brentford uh, was 3 0 the Spurs. You picked 2 1 Brentford. So that was a point for me. So I took that one week 14, 8 to 2. So yep, that. You're up 16 now. Yeah. So that was uh, 61 45. And so week 15 was the killer. Um, Palace, United. I picked uh, 2-1. You had 3-1. It was 1-0, so we share a point. Watford against City. I correctly predicted a City 3-1 win. You had 4-0, so I got 5. You got 1. Leicester uh, was away er, to Villa. I had a Villa 2-1 win, which was the correct score, so another 5 on that one. Damn. You had a 1-0 Villa win, so that was a point for you. And then neither of us correctly predicted um, – Everton's 2-1 win over Arsenal or West Ham's 3-2 win over Chelsea. So no points for those two matches. But that week alone was 11 points for me and three for you. So after week 15, Andrew 72, Steve 48. So there are, uh, there's, we're probably halfway, almost three, you know, almost halfway through the Premier League season. There's, there's many weeks to come still. Sure there are. Sure there are. Um, so, so far this week, because we have one match still to play tomorrow, um, City, Wolves, 1-0-1 to City. I had 2-0, you had 2-1, so we shared a point each there. Uh, Norwich and United, that was a United win, 1-0. I had 3-0, you had 2-1, so we both share a point there. Um, Chelsea and Leeds, you picked 2-2. I picked 3-1. That was a 3-2 Chelsea win, so that was a point for me. And then we both took a point for Liverpool against Villa. That was a 1-0 Liverpool win. I had 2-0. You had 3-1. And then tomorrow, uh, Leicester against Newcastle. I've got 3-0. You have 2-1. So we'll see what happens there. We can tally that next time around. But All right. let's do uh, week 17. So we'll start with Brentford hosting United and I'm going to go with two, one to United because I'm, I'm feeling confident, but what do you think? I think uh, United will be two, zero. All right. Two, zero to United clean sheet. Yeah. 
Um, City hosting Leeds. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 City. All right. I'm going uh, 3-1 City. Um, Arsenal, West Ham, London Derby. I'm going 2-2 draw. What do you think? I'll take Arsenal. Uh, sorry. I'll take West Ham 2-1. All right. Um, Chelsea at home to Everton. I'm going 3-0 to Chelsea. 3-1 Chelsea. All right. And last but not least, Leicester hosting Spurs, who, by the way, have 13 positive COVID tests and just had to call off their Europa, uh, Europa League tie against Wren during the week and had to postpone their Premier League match this weekend against uh, Brighton. So um, even if they do play this match, Spurs are going to be probably playing a B team. I'll take the Spurs with a one nil win. Wow. All right. Going against the grain. I actually went Leicester one nil thinking low scoring, but we'll see how that one ends up. We shall see. That was there but hey we'll see that is hey got maybe conti chances. can make some magic in in the uh in the off week he might he might <laughs> <laughs> um <coughs> all right open play um where do you want to start so a couple a couple quick ones um Ragnick with Carrick's departure is bringing in chris armas and he was actually on the bench today um, first match at United. He's an American manager who last managed Toronto FC in MLS. Um, but uh, Ragnick managed with him. I, I, f- I forget which Bundesliga team, but he was an assistant there, and that's where he got his start. Um, fun fact about him, though, which, you know, United in the past, I feel like with, you know, Kieran McKenna and, and some of the other guys that Ole hired, um, they were always labeled as, you know, losers or, you know, guys who never won anything. Uh, a lot of Ole staff were with him when they were relegated when he was with Cardiff too. Um, so this guy's an interesting pick. I know Ragnick has history with him. Um, and it's good to see, you know, an American abroad in a, in another managerial or assistant managerial position, mm-hmm. but he actually was, uh, was fired uh, as manager of Toronto FC after they were be, I think it was either, Six one or seven one. It was their largest defeat in club history, and that was the the nail in the coffin for him. So yep. uh, uh, you know, I'm that'll do it. That he's a bad guy, or you know, one match, whatever. You know, Fergie lost a, a few of those too, every now and again. But um, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Um, he also is bringing in a sports psychologist from Schalke that he used to work with, which is a great move in my opinion, because I get, I think there's a lot of players on, on the squad right now. We need to get their mind right. So it's nice to see them uh, bringing in a specialist there as Ragnar called, called it a brain specialist. Um, yep. Another bunch one, of idiots on your team. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> um one of the big things we saw with Ole was that he allowed a lot of players when they were hurt to recover and train away from the squad. So like Pogba has been hurt a few times on the, over the years and he loves going either back to France or somewhere in the Middle East, like Abu Dhabi or Dubai to train and rehab. Cavani's gone back to Uruguay a couple of times to rehab. Um, so it's interesting 
that uh, he, when he first spoke to Pogba, basically said, you have to come back to, to Manchester um, to rehab. And so he's mandated that any player who gets hurt does their rehab in, um, in Manchester. So, um, you know, very interesting. You know, maybe he wants the team together. He wants everybody, you know, in his line of sight. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he's going to come in and he wants to take a hands-on approach to everything and make sure that everyone is on the same page. This is a big change. Um, bringing in sports psychologists will probably be a big thing, although I'm sure they already have those there. They so do. Yes. maybe this guy will work a little bit differently. But, yeah, yes. you, you, yeah. You, you think that he's going to want um, not control. You know he's not going to be going and dictating things, obviously, right way to the Glazers. Maybe he will. But you're going to think what – what operational control he can take, he will take, especially amongst the players, because that's where he can have the most effect right away is where he's going to have to affect the players. So yes. I don't blame him for doing that. I think that's a smart move, um, telling these players to come back, and he's going to have some choices with who you guys are going to sell in the winter and in the summer as well. So who do you think that he will end up cutting? Uh, it looks like pretty good for Delo for right now. Who else? I mean – I think that the two obvious ones are he'll probably let Pogba go to wherever he wants to go next year. Um, he's never going to be a you know guy who plays a pressing game or anything like that. I think that Tony goes because he sucks and he wants to go. So just let him. And, uh, you know, plenty of attacking players now. I, I do think Lingard will go, not because Ralph wants him to, but because he wants more playing time. I think he'll go to another Premier League club. There's rumors about him going to Newcastle in January. Yeah. So um, I, I think that Pogba, Lingard, and, and Tony over the course of either January or over the summer will end up, uh, will end up going. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. But those are my topics. What else do you have before we close out? I actually didn't really have much. Um, I just think that, you know, it, it's amazing the confidence that Bernardo Silva has right now. I talked about that. And uh, maybe we can just talk about a little bit more about Sterling with what's going on with him um, and the yep. city transfers. But right now, you know, Pep was happy with the, uh, with the patience that the players showed today. And I don't, I don't think there's much else going on inside. I think the only thing out going on outside really is the, uh, the Ferran Torres noise. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but no, I don't yes. have anything much to, to add to open play today. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll have uh, more and more topics as we go, especially with the run of games that we have coming up in front of us. And then, um, you know, January transfer window is uh, a little more than 15 days away, which is pretty it's right crazy. around the corner. Yes. Yes. But otherwise, you know, like you said, matches coming up fast and furious, uh, Assuming you're around next weekend, we'll have we'll have two to talk about each with, right. uh, with games in midweek, which will be good. Yep, very good. All right, so we did our predictions for next week. We are good to go. We are good to go. All right, sir. Well, we will make the next one even better for everyone yes. out there. Everyone, Manchester is purple, but City are on top of the table. Let's go. I had some really good chants that I wanted to shout out that I was thinking if we had done them uh, right away, I would have had some good songs. So I'll save that for next time. We're going to have a good song next time. We're going to come yeah. into a good, good new chant for City next week. There you go. Something to look forward to. There we go. All right, everybody. <laughs> we will catch you later. Arriba Dirty. Ciao. Aloha. See you, guys. Thanks.